You're listening to the Mind Manual Podcast, Episode 24, The Broken Model We Use in Our Relationships. If you want a particular result in your life, but you're unable to get it, tune in to start training your brain and expanding your emotional intelligence to unlock the most powerful and underutilized performance tool that we have. It's the most important work you could do because it affects every area of your life. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another session of the Mind Manual podcast. In the last episode, we explored some general themes around the source of our suffering. Today, I want to look at how that might show up in our relationships and also how we can build a whole new model to change the way we experience our relationships. In terms of our long-term romantic relationships, I think most of us have typically entered those with the intention of perhaps creating a family of our own and sharing life experiences with a significant other. So we go about and try and match ourselves up with someone who wants similar things out of life, who has similar values and maybe shares some common interests. In other words, someone who might be compatible enough so that we will want to keep hanging around them. But what that starts to translate to over time, after we've established some common ground and they've declared their commitment until death to us part and all of that, is we start to compile this manual for how they need to be in this world, what they should do and not do, and how they should prioritise. And we keep adding to this list of rules and expectations that we have for them that they don't necessarily know about. So add mind reading to that list and it becomes an almost implied part of their job description that they unknowingly signed up to at the altar. We conveniently leave out this part in our wedding vows or marriage contract that has them taking responsibility for our happiness and the way that we feel based on whether they comply with it or not. We use all these things on this list as a reason not to be happy or feel loving towards our partner. If they don't fulfil this part of their job description, either they leave and find another job disguised in a pretty package, or we start to become dissatisfied and start looking for another candidate. So before you know it, it's morphed into an equivalent operating manual that we have for the other person that we need them to comply with in order for us to function and feel a certain way. Our relationship goes from this spontaneous and carefree adventure that we enjoy in the interview process or courting stage in showing up as our best for the other and appreciating each other's differences, being open to learning new perspectives and respecting that we are separate entities that have come together to enjoy the different aspects that we bring to create a whole variety of experiences. They say variety is the spice of life and at this time, We're really hungry for it and we savour it. But as this list grows and the rules get fleshed out in our own minds, 
this manual starts to become our Bible. And we think if it's not being followed, then something is out of order and it begins to disturb us. We start to attach our emotional well-being to it. If something is not followed, then we feel it's grounds for being pissed for the rest of the day, at a minimum. The preface of this manual becomes, if you loved me, then you would do this. You would be this way. You would think, you would show, you would become all that I need you to think, feel, do and be in order for me to feel a certain way. We think if we can just control all the things within our environment, then we don't need to be accountable for our emotional life because we go and delegate that out to our significant other, unbeknownst to them. So it literally becomes this job description for how to keep me well-tempered, feeling loved and on track with my own life. We think the other has signed up to become the other half of us and we wrap our identity around this package that has become on some level a single entity being made up of two halves so if they were to do something that wasn't in the manual i would go and make that mean it would be almost a betrayal to me that they don't care about me that they're not being respectful of my needs and wants you can hear the protests, can't you? How could you? What were you thinking? Don't you care? How many times do I have to ask you? What we forget is they too will most likely have an operating manual for us, their idealised model of the world, that they would have us being this chilled out, supportive of everything I do type of theme running throughout their book of rules and expectations. So now we have the two worlds colliding and we've created a lot of pain and anguish for ourselves when we count all the ways in which they don't measure up according to our manual. The sins from the Bible begin to mount up until we reach the peak of Mount Vesuvius and it erupts. We have approximately one in two marriages ending in divorce. And I wonder how many of that other 50% are actually happy and thriving. So I want to propose a new model, a new way out of the inevitable pain that ensues whenever we have a manual for someone and they just don't follow it the way we want them to. So here it is. Just imagine if we tossed that book out the window so there was no longer any operating manual for the other person. It sounds radical, I know, and I can hear all the cries and protests, but just stay with me for a bit. Let's explore this together. What would that look like? We would have to be willing to treat them like their own human being and allow them to have their own agenda, their own dreams, their own thoughts and beliefs, their own priorities and to-do lists. I want you to see how Regardless of the roles and responsibilities that each of us have, we actually still have a say in whether we still want to sign up to these, day in, day out. We think we're trapped into complying and conforming to whatever has been laid out before us. But the truth is, we're not trapped and we don't have to do any of it. We can't escape 
the law of cause and effect, but we can choose what we do or don't do at every turn. We can choose to walk right out and never come back on everyone and everything in our life. And with this sobering thought, we'd be left with the manual that we have for the other person, but the other person wouldn't be around to comply with any of it. Think about all the times that you've been upset at your other half. And I bet on nearly every occasion, it was because they didn't follow your manual, the one that they've never seen. And if you can't see how that's been the case, then think back to what you made, what they did or didn't do mean. And then go and search that in the index of your handbook. And I bet you will find it there. I'm telling you, the manual is no good. These rules and expectations that we create only sets us up for disappointment and misery. Now, let's go through some of the objections people have as a counter-argument to this. We need rules to live by. Our lives would be anarchy and chaos if we didn't have them. And why shouldn't I expect my partner to do what is reasonable, to contribute equally to the marriage or household or raising the children? What is even the point in having a partner if they don't have to do anything or care for the children? And there'd be a whole lot more if you could throw at that. I get it. So let's go through them all to challenge both sides. Between the existing model that has proven to work in only 50% of marriages and this new radical way of managing our relationships. Firstly, there are a few inescapable truths or realities that we need to consider as a baseline. The first is the law of cause and effect. Everything exists as a result of an underlying cause that has produced an effect. So, for example, just because you choose to stop making mortgage repayments being the cause, nothing will protect you from the bank's right to seek recompense for the arrangement that you made with them, which is the effect. Therefore, that might be that the sale of the property to recover the money owed, so where we have no mortgage repayments equals sale of the house, there's going to be a direct causal relationship between the two. The second is the right for every human of adult age to be or do as they wish. We are all born with this preordained right as a human that has an independent mind and right to live as they wish. Again, that doesn't negate the natural law of cause and effect or the legal laws of the land in which they live. So all of a sudden you can see how it's not really true how anarchy or chaos is going to take over, at least on a macro level. So let's have a look at it on a micro level in the household. It's true that we operate a pretty industrious existence that relies on routine requirements to be carried out in order to live a clean, healthy, in a well-functioning environment. There are, however, many ways to skin a cat. Too often we get locked into a binary way of thinking that it's either this way or that way. It's either black or white with nothing in between. Most couples these days are working a paid job. So how to juggle all of the affairs at home? A binary way of thinking would be you either do it or I will. But what about all of the options in between? 
If no one likes to clean the house, for example, why not hire a cleaner once a fortnight? But I can't afford it, you might say. I would put to you that it just mustn't rate very high on your priority scale. If you're earning the money, what could you be substituting out for the privilege of not having to clean the bathrooms or wash the floor? Perhaps you could shop at a more discounted food store or pull back on eating out. There's plenty of good second-hand clothing stores instead of always buying new, not to mention how the environment will thank you. I just want you to explore all the ways you could arrive at an alternative solution if cleaning the house is a major point of contention and disturbance in your life. Too often what will happen instead is there will be the martyr who comes in to save the day and take the load but turn around and whinge and complain to anyone who can stand to listen. The resentment builds and before you know it, they've created an untenable model for a long and happy marriage. They have traded a bit of creativity for the case of building a self-sacrificing foundation of angst and bitterness for getting anything done. I know this because that was me at one point. When you get locked into thinking, if I don't do it, it will never get done, it always falls back on me and they're quite content to just keep piling it on. I'm the only one who cares and on and on it goes. You set yourself up to experience nothing but frustration and disappointment, which leads to resentment. The underlying cause being the manual, of course, which has the expectation that it should be equally shared. So we know the outcome of having the manual, but what does it look like if we were to toss it out the window? Let's say the other person has walked out on you and they're no longer there to follow any rule book. You would be left to figure it out on your own. There's no other person to pile on the shoulds and all the expectations. So now you might actually need to start getting creative because one person may simply be unable to do it all. At least in this model, you don't have all the thoughts that are created from the martyr ways of being. So you're no longer being fueled by anger and resentment. You'll have the same circumstance with certain things that need to doing, for example, but now you'll have no one to blame or complain about it or get even with. So why not set it up like this from the beginning in not having to ride someone or drive them to leave? We could design our lives and households very differently to the way we've been running them. That we're so unhappy about. I could almost hear you saying, why is it wrong to expect the other person to at least pull their weight in certain areas? And I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying if it's not working, then it's a broken model and we need to get creative and come up with an alternative solution. I'm also saying that it's not helpful to go and make it mean all of these terrible things. That is creating the way that you no longer want to feel. If your partner is working or has any downtime, they may prefer trading that money and time to buy some help or swap it for something else. When you can sit down and plan it out as two loving adults 
who are able to look after their own needs and wants without necessarily piling it on the other person and take full responsibility for carrying out the plan with those who are wanting to commit to it, then you have it all in your court to execute however you wish. They have to want to commit to it. And if they don't, you move it on to the next person who is willing to do the job. Remember, if your partner was no longer there anymore, this would be the same process you would need to go through. If we remain committed to fulfilling our own needs and wants 100% of the time and planning, outsourcing, doing whatever it takes to get the job done with someone who really wants to do it, and this includes ourselves, without all the hangover and the drama, then we free our lives and mind up to do it the way we want. Now, if you can hear yourself saying, well, that all sounds lovely in theory, but I simply can't afford to outsource everything I prefer not to do. First of all, you need to be honest about wanting to do it yourself. Because if you think you're stuck with a job, you're really not. You don't have to do any of it. And that applies to everything, even your children. You are free to walk out on them at any time. So if you can't stand the thought of something not being done and you go and do it, then you just need to own that you really did want to do it. Otherwise, you wouldn't have. You might prefer that someone else do it, but you really did have a choice and you chose to do it because that was better than the pain of not doing it. When you get more honest and truthful about that, it really does help. It helps to say to yourself, I choose not to live like that and therefore I'm choosing to fix it or whatever it is that you think you don't want to do. When you own it, you have more power over it. But when you keep delegating it out to those who don't want to do it and they keep letting you down over and over again, you're abdicating responsibility and choosing not to exercise your power in seeking alternative solutions. Now, I'm not saying it won't come at an additional expense, but is it more than the expense of, say, a marriage breakup and the ongoing emotional baggage that goes with that? Not to mention the disturbance to the children, if you have any. Choose your expense wisely and let's not forget that there is the good and the bad with everything and everyone because you will find both in all of it. So know exactly what you're trading. Are you trading your peace of mind, your happiness, your family unit, your marriage, because your partner doesn't want to comply with some of your rules or expectations? If they're unwilling to do the job, then find someone who does want to do it and trade something of value with them. If you think the alternative is to go and find someone who will fit your job description more perfectly in all the ways, Will they solemnly swear to keep you happy and content by following your manual at all times? I haven't yet found the computer code for programming that perfect person who is able to willingly obey all the commands. I think this illusion exists only in our own minds. The fact that this reality is non-existent tells me that it's neither the problem 
or solution to our upset or discontent. It really comes down to what we are making it all mean. When our mate doesn't comply, it will sound something like, they don't love me, they don't respect me, they're inconsiderate, and on and on it goes. And when we think those things and believe them and wrap our identity around their behaviour, the only way we can get any relief from it is by leaving or disconnecting from them. But that relief is only temporary because we then suffer by withdrawing our love from them. And the loneliness and isolation begins to creep in after you've finished with that anger and resentment. We believe both the problem and solution is outside of ourselves. The great news is it's all entirely within and we have the power to make it mean anything we want. You might be thinking, I must have totally lost the plot and wondering why have a partner at all if everything they do is independent of our internal experience of them. And I know it sounds radical, but imagine if the only job you had for your partner was for him or her to just be there, for you to love them. That's it, to just turn up and be the object for you to enjoy the experience of loving someone like you do with your puppy dog they don't have to do anything in particular or perform certain acts for you to love them their only job is to be there for you to love them and then your reason for staying or leaving anyone would simply come down to because you want to no other reason or justification needed other than it being your personal preference to do so if I was to try and sell this idea to you, I would start with the following features and benefits being because everything is totally within your control. You get to choose what you want to make anything mean. You don't have the pressure of getting them to comply. You don't have the constant feeling of agitation and resistance to every wrong move they make. And you get to use all this freed up time and energy to just loving them as hard and fierce as you can, which feels great. So why not? Why not do yourself a favour and give it a go? I'd love to hear how withdrawing love has ever protected or served anyone. I dare you to run this experiment for a month, ditch the manual and love on them hard each and every day for a month. And let me know how you go. Share your stories with me by sending them to support at themindmanual.com. And don't forget to have some fun with it. I dare you. Look forward to seeing you next time. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come and check out Mind Scholars. It's my monthly coaching membership where we take all of this work to a much deeper level. We study it and then apply it to the everyday in every way. So if you want to take your life to a whole new level, join me in Mind Scholars over at themindmanual.com forward slash join. I look forward to seeing you there.